others on monogram stationery. She is complete, resolute, and content in a way modern women, especially we boomer women, can never be. At this moment, the love of my life thundered into the room. Scooch E. Hurry is a pointer dog. I wish I could be more specific as to the exact breed of pointer he is, but we met at the SPCA and his lineage is a mystery. The E does not stand for anything. It is just that the dog has such presence, he deserves a middle initial. At the pound, Scooch attracted my attention by wagging his tail against the cage so hard it bled. I took pity and brought him home. He is a spoiled, undisciplined, overweight slob and the dearest creature on the planet. Janie Bell insists he dipped the tip in ketchup. She says he is a con artist in dog's clothing. They are tight as shrink wrap. Scooch sauntered up to the kitchen table with a self-deprecating sway. This is a prelude to the lunge. Eighty-pound Scooch, who fancies himself a lapdog, drapes his upper torso across your lap to get a better view of your breakfast plate. He spied my yogurt and harumphed in distaste. Nola, why don't you take that mangy dog for a walk? He's so fat you can't see any of his ribs, and his privates are disappearing in his tummy roll. Scooch left my lap for the greener pastures of Janie Bell's side of the table. Janie Bell continued. It's your fault the canine is corpulent. You spoil him nonstop. The lunge was repeated. Scooch's head lowered into position over her half-eaten breakfast. His tongue made fast work of the left side of the plate. Janie Bell executed an ineffectual shove. He must be twenty pounds overweight. How can you look the vet in the face? The tongue swirled around the right side of the plate, a movement as elegant as Renoir's brushwork. Scooch aimed a wistful gaze at the butter dish. His neck extended outward in its direction. The spunky eighty-year-old smacked him on the nose and pushed him off her lap. That's enough. Y'all should be ashamed of yourself. I took Janie Bell's advice and treated Scooch to a walk in order to procrastinate before calling former colleagues in the biotechnology industry. I drove Scooch to Fort Funston, a national preserve perched on the edge of the Pacific Ocean. Fort Funston is an unspoiled expanse on the cliffs that rise from Ocean Beach. Hundreds of acres of native plants, winding trails, desolate beachfront, and technicolor views spoiled by only one thing. Bureaucracy. The Park Service had decided to make war on dogs. A band of control freaks fueled by an eco-religious fervor, these policy-wielding potentates wished to restrict the use of Fort Funston to, well, themselves and the birds. The horseback riding clubs and the hang glider association, San Francisco's own indigenous air force, had the foresight to create legal barriers protecting their use of the park when the city ceded the recreational area to the feds. The naive pet owners relied on the common sense and decency of freedom-loving people everywhere and got screwed. Now dogs, which previously ran free, are leashed and led in the park. As I pulled my station wagon into the parking lot, the weather was getting worse. The fog gathered substance and rolled over the cliff, a bully looking for a scrap. I saw a solitary dog owner wrapped in a slicker hunkered against the cold. I did not see any park rangers. Weighing my chances as the first drops of rain hit my windshield, I decided it was worth the risk of a citation. Opening the door, I freed the caged canine and picked up a plastic bag, but not Scooch's leash. The rain pattered in approval. I have a problem with authority, especially authority embodied in small-time functionaries who often magnify the scope of their power to annoying extremes— I know I'm being petty, but I love getting around such people. Scooch flew over the parking lot and onto the sandy dunes, picking up speed like a fighter jet on a flight deck. 
Then he threw himself into an elegant spin and ended in a seamless squat. He pooped robustly and flew off again. Without any elegance whatsoever, I trudged over and retrieved the doggy detritus. I caught up with Scooch as he was about to enter the coppice. Most of Fort Funston is wide open, covered with low grasses, succulents, and wild strawberry, but there are a few small stands of trees. The first one that guards the approach to Battery Betty, a pre-World War II artillery installation, always makes me apprehensive. There is something about the abrupt silence. You walk across an open stretch, deafened by wind and wave, and step into a dense tunnel of trees. The trees are remarkably effective at shutting out the sound, yet the breeze makes it through, causing the branches to move in the sanctuary. The effect is uncanny. Scooch becomes fully alert in this place, collecting himself as consciously as a diver on a springboard. He walks in the middle of the path. A powerful scent can lure him to the edge, but he is cautious as he sniffs and always returns.